You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Steven. And I'm Brett. And we're the Broadway Husbands. Husbands. Welcome to episode 15. What? I can't believe it's episode 15 already. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, um, for those of you that are new to our podcast, we are your all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. And on our podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can... Love who you love and love what you do. So make sure you subscribe to our podcast and uh, check out the Broadway Podcast Network, which we are proud to be members of at bpn.fm slash husbands. All right. Today we have guests. We love having guests on our podcast. And um, these are two. They're not husbands yet. They're engaged. But it's Adam Heineman and Bradley Gibson. Um, we usually like to spare our audience from us trying to give your bios, so we would love it if you guys would tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves. Cool. Individually first, and then and then <laughs> and then start. we're gonna get into <laughs> and then we'll start about your relationship. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Amazing. Should I start? I'm yeah. Adam, um, and I have been here uh, working professionally for the last eight years. I graduated from Princeton in 2012. And then I started doing a lot of work in the kind of Brooklyn downtown dance scene. Um, and I made my Broadway debut in Aladdin. Um, I later went into Once on this Island, and I'm currently a cast member in Hadestown. That's quick and dirty. That's There's good. All the that ups and downs and the journey. And you're an investor and a producer as well. I correct? am, yeah. Over the last, I would say, two years has been a really big um catalyst and um branching out onto the producing side so i'm a co-producer on the inheritance yeah and i'm an executive producer on a new immersive musical called jargana going up off broadway this summer yeah congratulations and i don't know if you know this but kate trinidad was our Uh, wedding party in our wedding no way she was the whole wedding party (laughs) she was my wife when we played um at the kennedy center uh children of eden that was like in 2013, I think. Hey, Kay. Was it that long you ago? Watch, you I hope be, she's listening. listening. We gotta make her right? listen. Yes. <laughs> it was a minute ago. <laughs> um, oh, I'm Bradley. Okay. I'm Bradley Gibson. I um, am currently playing Simba in Lion King on Broadway. Uh, I went to school at the Boston Conservatory. I graduated in 2013. I moved here right after, and I've been in um, Rocky the Musical. I also did a Bronx Tale the Musical. I did Chicago the Musical on tour for a while. Um, yeah, now I'm the Lion King. So Amazing. Just, you know, the Simba. So that's <laughs> a, the Simba, yeah. yeah I'm Simba, yeah. That's so cool. Where on your path of performing did you guys meet? We met mm. uh, when I was in a Bronx Tale, and Adam was in Aladdin. Uh, one of our great friends, Janelle McDermott, was joining the cast. Uh, Trista Dollison was leaving to do Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Janelle and Adam had been friends uh, for a long time, and he kind of started coming around during rehearsals and during cast hangouts, and we were introduced, or I say reintroduced, because I met him. Um, we met we right knew of we each took, other. We knew of each other. In the industry. Um, and that kind of brought really, us together. Yeah. Yeah, we really didn't meet until um, I saw a Bronx Tale seeing Janelle in the show. And that class was so close and like a really tight knit family um, that we kind of. We connected and we started dating. And we decided and, to go on a first date yeah. officially, pretty quick. Did mm-hmm. you have like. When you saw him from afar, were you like, oh, I have to meet this person or get, like, was there like, 
when you saw each other from a distance? Was there like reason mm. that you were like, oh, I really want to be around this person? Or was it like as you got closer? <laughs> was there somebody that was kind of like, ooh, I need to figure out how to. I, we, we were talking and Adam, it was, you know, friendly and easy. And Adam kept the conversation going. I'm very when, direct. Yeah, he was very direct from yeah. the hangouts to like, you know, the texting. It quickly was very direct. Yeah. Like, let's go on a date. And he's like, I'm available next Wednesday after the two show day is over you pick the restaurant the bar I'll be there oh, see you next week like okay. a real producer oh, yeah. yeah and I was like wow <laughs> oh, you know all the little games are gone like yeah, yeah, the back yeah. and no forth games. like no games like, at all we're interested okay. we're going on a date let's do this let's do this it's clear and it happened and it I love that about him it was yeah. cool it was different than anyone else I had been with although Bradley did do some scoop in yeah. Oh, like a long time ago. Yeah, when I first knew of Adam, like okay. back when we first, when I first moved to New York, I um, had seen him in auditions, and I had purposely, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Yeah, this is what I wanted oh to know. Yeah. <laughs> this I is what I wanted to hear. I purposely waited for him to put his headshot on the table to go up and put mine after him to see what his name was. Ooh. So I looked him up on Facebook there to we go. see who he was. Mm -hmm. He had a boyfriend at the time. I also was kind of in a relationship, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was that. And nothing ever came of that, obviously. But yeah. but the seeds were planted. Yeah. And you were, like, yeah, you yeah, were ready. Back in 2013. Mm -hmm. Aww. Definitely. Yeah. So when was it official? In 2017. Yeah. Yes. Three years ago. February first of yeah. 2017 was our first official date our first date and i think yeah. from our first date there was kind of like no turning back like nice. everything kept moving at this beautiful pace and it all felt so right and it felt like it was just it was just natural Aww. was yeah. it um did it feel right because it felt like this was like an easier relationship than you had ever been in before was that because you were being a little bit more honest with each other like right what from felt the different. get go yeah what was yeah. different what made it feel what allowed so me good. to um, be pretty all in quickly was that I had experienced some other serious relationships before and I had made, you know, my um, non-negotiables of like how to step into vulnerability and how to share. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty direct. So um, I, I saw the opportunity to just like put myself out there and he was so willing to step and meet me in all of those places. And I think where he was in the context and timing of his life also brought him to a similar place. And we've grown, of course, like every relationship does. But I think we came um, to the space together as individuals, like really mm -hmm. clear about who we were and what we had to share. So then what we got to share was really exciting. Yeah, the timing was so right. I think it just all kind of worked out in this beautiful, like open way, right? Mm -hmm. I was in a space where I had been in relationships that weren't good for me. I yeah. also been through a time where I was, you know, dating around and figuring out exactly what I want and mm -hmm. exactly um, what I was looking for. And so I was in a space where I was ready for something different and serious and something that I could be myself but also grow with mm -hmm. someone and mm -hmm. i found that quickly in him i was also so um inspired by him i quickly the first thing that attracted me to adam was <laughs> seeing how um how great of a human he is how his level of humanity is so 
high. Mm -hmm. He was doing a Broadway show. He was volunteering at the Trevor Project. He was doing all these things that were like causing him to like run around New York City every day. He still does that every single day, <laughs> run around New York City. Um, like but that. doing so much good, yeah. right? And always trying to bring his best self to the, to the table. And um, I knew that that's the kind of person I wanted to spend time with in any way, right? As my boyfriend, mm -hmm. as my friend, and yeah. For me, it was a little bit of um, a risk or a breaking of a rule myself, because I always told myself not to date within the industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I don't know where that started or what kind of preconceived notion that was, um, but I never allowed myself to really do that. Um, and then when can we, I, but speak to that just for one second, cause I want to, I feel like we all have been told yeah. that. So what do you think the fear is around that? that people yeah. I think that there's considerations around it because we're always working with, within a small community. Mm -hmm. So there, of course, if a relationship goes sour or poorly, you could be in a contract with that person down the road. You could be collaborating. They could be with someone else that you know, it, it kind of mm -hmm. gets very um, insular and concentric in that way. Um, so sometimes you you want to prevent that, but I think if you're coming at it with integrity and mm -hmm. respect for people, then it's just like anything else. Um, and then the amazing benefits that we have received in our partnership from having um, a, a similar pursuit having understanding of like what it takes to be an artist in this crazy city mm. um yeah there's a lot of synergy between being um actors and performers of color being um of the same kind of generation and and having some similarities in our background and families that um really parallel the artistic you know similarities as well so mm -hmm. What, um, since you are both in the same business, mm -hmm. do you, are, do you guys often go in for the same roles or how does that affect your relationship? If it does, or if it doesn't, I don't know if it yeah. does. Yeah. I think it's that, something to negotiate. Yeah. Something to negotiate. I think that you kind of have to be really honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think this about our relationship, but also about your friendships in the industry mm -hmm. too. You know, we're all out here trying to get the jobs yeah. and, you know, make careers and climb the ladder. And we all want to be working. We all want to do our best. And there's always this feeling of like, I don't want to say jealousy or comparing yourself to, to others or thinking that um, you're less than because you don't get something or something doesn't go your way. You're not asked to do something. But the moment that you just accept the fact that you're a human and in a relationship with someone who is your, you know, you're both, we're both black men, we're both performers, understanding that we're in this together and we want each other to succeed, mm -hmm. right? Even though within that too, we also both want different things from our careers and mm -hmm. from um, the jobs that we get, but that we want the best for each other mm -hmm. and that a win for him is a win for me. In, in the in sense of, uh, you know, as black men, just a thing mm -hmm. by itself, but also as a couple, like him getting a job is a win for me. Right. That's a win for us. Of course. So to have that mentality, knowing how to support each other, it's you learn how to do it and how to be, um, how to get over yourself. Right. right. It's a lot of like getting over yourself. It's a lot of ego involved, <laughs> and that's hard to do. But when you really love someone and really want someone to win, and you see that they want you to win, it um, 
it makes you want to do all that work. Yeah. 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 Team, I think, is the foundation that you have to keep coming back to and challenging yourself to be um, all in for. Mm. Because on a surface level, you can always start second guessing whether this this person that is here, that is my partner, like is now someone I need to be in competition with or um, marking where I'm moving. But when you um, dig deeper into the intention of team, you realize that um, it is better together, that mm-hmm. you have unique things to bring to the team. Um, and I think that's something to work against in the industry in general, because mm. no two performers are alike. Um, so if you are playing into the idea that you're the same or can only be of use in the same capacity as one other person, then you're not doing enough to get under the levels of your uniqueness, nerve and talent. Yes, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so curious about you, you mentioned being performers of color and and also being a queer couple in the New York community uh, and, and being of color. What are the challenges or what are the things that you're sort of seeing happen that you are excited about or the things that you wish would happen that haven't happened yet? Um, like what are the challenges you guys experience at this point? I think that one of the major things that I found in my life from our relationship growing and being what it is, is that it kind of forced me to find the freedom to be authentically myself. Like I found that strength in myself by having us be us, Mm -hmm. right? And having um, our relationship be kind of out in public and everyone knowing that we're together, knowing that we're engaged, people announcing that and seeing that at us at different parties and things like that. Um, But it makes me so sad that there are still people that feel like they can't be themselves Mm. to get jobs or to be seen in a room as a character. That really, really is unfortunate. And I say that because I remember a time where I even thought that way. You know, I felt that I had to give off this certain persona to be a leading man or whatever that happens Mm -hmm. to be. But really, like, that's too much energy Mm -hmm. to put into that. I don't have time time to care about that anymore. But it's such a, like, deep-rooted and I'm just speaking for myself. Um, it's such a deep rooted thing that we grew up with. Like, yeah. you know, like you're being fed this information that you don't even realize you're being formed into that kind of feeling or like way of thinking. Yeah. So many things from yeah how you were raised, depending on where you went to school, yeah. what kind of, you know, classes you took here in the city or who are your mentors. But really like, I think it, it's also, you know, we've learned from the past and, we're all better right now. We're all aware of these things. But in 2020, there is no time anymore to not be authentically yourself. And I had to come to a place where I really understand that if someone behind that table is going to judge me and who I am and how I live my life and who I'm with so hard and put that into if they're going to give me this opportunity and this job and that's so important, then maybe I shouldn't be doing that job. That's right. mm. Maybe that's me losing out on opportunity and some money. But at this point in my life, I can say maybe, you know, I don't really want that because that's too much time. Yeah. I don't have the time anymore. Mm. That's so good. It's like you're almost, it's like saving yourself from that bad experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, um, it's very nuanced about being, in a niche um, industry um, 
where we have um, a canon and a history of how we have told stories on Broadway specifically that sometimes even gets um, glorified in the way that it's always been done, which has its goods and bads because um, we want to honor like where our history is and our canon has brought us. But every time we kind of hold on to ways it's always been done, we're not moving forward in progress too. Mm -hmm. So I think about being um, a black person, about being in intersections. I'm half Filipino and I'm half black myself. So being a mixed race, queer man in this field that kind of operates off stereotype, that operates off type because you come to the space as a performer with your body, with your vessel, and it is um, taken into consideration. And it has meaning culturally, it has meaning societally, just the image of what you represent and how it's attributed. So you can't get away from those things and um, you kind of have to do the self work to really be um, true to yourself about how you make decisions for what you go in for and what you don't go in for and the stories you want to tell. And when those stories aren't being told or those stories aren't being told accurately to what you think you authentically represent, um, I think that's an opportunity for you to look at community. Um, the biggest um, milestones and the the most meaningful momentum I've created in my life has been by tapping into community and being in service. Um, I think Bradley talked a little bit about that, but it's so important for me um, to be involved in community because um, it allows you to serve something greater than yourself. It allows you to get the affirmation and feedback and awareness of yourself because you're working in tandem with others and you're you're developing a relationship. Um, so I think it's so important as an anchor for artists because jobs can come and go. Um, but if we are um, tapped into something that is like greater than self, then that can really keep you in this business sustainably for a long time. So being a person of color, I think it all comes down to community. Ah. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. So where do people find that community to support to support those communities? Because we get that a question a lot. So I, I believe in what you just said 100%. I've always been, you know... I didn't book my first Broadway show until I really started this idea of like being of service is more important than, you know, in, for me, it was getting sober and being a part of the sober community. But 
you know, what are other communities that you found for yourselves that help you feel empowered, help you feel of service outside of, you know, just the Broadway community? Uh, well, I, um, I've been writing and recording music this year, um, which I'll be releasing in the summer. Um, and that has been so good for me because that is my art. That is my personal art. Those are my words. And I'm representing the queer community. I'm representing the black community and those two things together, which are so important. And that is, I look at that as service because I never saw that growing up. Mm. I never saw a black queer man, you know, being praised for being himself or just being himself all the time. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, it was never that way. So I look at that as my opportunity to also free myself up and get away from the idea of Broadway and playing a role, playing an animal, fitting into a box, Mm -hmm. trying to look a certain way, be a certain Mm -hmm. way. It's just what I want it to be. I think that you have to put yourself in places with people that support that. that are also inspiring you to create because you're inspired by their creativity Mm. that um, support you, that love you and also finding places where you can, you know, inspire the youth teaching classes, master classes, talkbacks, um, to teach those lessons, lessons that I feel I learned later that I wish I would just had a little bit of info on a little sooner mm-hmm. about how to take care of yourself and how to consider your, your life and happiness. I think I came to the city not aware of that really being the important thing, right? right? Health, mental right. health, <laughs> life, happiness, those things that you can't do anything without. Yeah. You cannot do eight shows a week if, you're not, if your mind ain't right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. For me, um, something that gave me a lot of traction was um, moving into lanes where my survival work was in line with my purpose. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in a, in a process of getting really steeped in wellness and in fitness and nutrition and taking on clients and creating a, um, a style of my coaching that was very purpose-driven and um, turned into a lot of life coaching. And New York is a place that has the whole world in microcosm in a very small mm-hmm. area. So you can have clients all over the place, um, but you get to put the pieces together on how they connect to the arts, how they connect to science, how they connect to government and politics. And you've got all these clients working in different areas, but you're a kind of that conduit. And for a lot of my clients working outside of the business, I was their connection to the arts too. And it made me realize how, um, you kind of are an ambassador everywhere you go of what you represent. So you have to get real about what you represent. And then I saw areas where I could take those skills that I was um, developing and be in service to to communities. And one of the biggest was with the Trevor Project. I was a counselor on their suicide and crisis hotline for um, quite a while. And going through that work um, has a level of... Um, I don't know how to best describe because it's um, it's not uh, not one adjective can describe that type of work. It's very important and it's it's different and it's varied in its experience. But um, it taught me so much, um, and I I really clarified an idea that like if you're not helping, you're not helping. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You're not. So um, I try to I try to say yes to things and and realizing that um, that we have um, a purpose that kind of supersedes even our passions. Um, that everything that we do can connect to a purpose, whether that is telling a story on stage or having an amazing conversation with um, a family member or teaching a class or um, creating new policy. It can all fulfill the same purpose so that your, your identity, your value is not tied on the gig. It's not tied to just one thing. And getting real about my purpose kind of allowed me to go into rooms when I had the opportunity to without desperation mm-hmm. yeah. so that I was just sharing now and that I have I have nothing to prove and just everything to share. Nothing and, to lose. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I learned that by tapping and, and pouring into community. It, it sounds that. like, you know, you're talking a lot about being honest and having a lot of purpose. And those are like your kind of like driving forces. I'm curious, like. Because you were saying you wish you had known some of these things earlier. Mm. What were like, if you could, or I don't even know if this is possible, was there like um, an event or like a moment, I guess like Oprah would say like your aha moment where like you kind of like had this realization of like, oh wait, I should be paying attention to being honest and authentically me and like doing these things to be happy. Like were there like moments that where you... Yeah, I think if I had to think of like an aha moment, yeah. it's just, it's a moment where everything is happening the way you dreamt it to. I've been so lucky to have had a lot of moments that were things that were literally dreams I had as a kid, right? They're all happening and they're all amazing, but they're also a lot of times, um, they're all overwhelming and they're not enough hours in the day. And you do all these things of the day, these amazing things of the day, but then you're still expected to do your show at night and give it all, all the energy in the world for those 1,700 people. Your voice has to be in the best shape. Your, your body, you're dancing, you're doing so much, and you are so exhausted and overwhelmed and having anxiety and you know mental health issues start creeping in there and realizing that no one is looking out for you but you. Mm-hmm. That's your job. So that saying, I say that from like a perspective of, of everything being amazing and having opportunities that people would just, they wish they could have them. And I, I remember being in New York City and being at Pearl, getting off a bus from Boston, standing in line and like hoping that one day the things that are my reality every day right now were going to, were, would be that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but no one's looking out for me but me. And I have to do the things that I need to do to make my life okay. If I have to say no, I can't do this today, I have to say no and not worry about what that's going to make me miss out on or if someone's going to like think I'm not a hard worker or, or I can't call out because like I can't miss any shows. Like what am I going to do? Like they're going to fire me. Like <laughs> no, like what are you going to do to be okay? Mm-hmm. You have to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that I wish I would have known that sooner because I think I, I kind of treated myself like a like I was in the army right. my whole life. Well they don't teach you that yeah. in BFA programs. No. They should. They teach you how to get a job. Yeah. No one teaches you how to keep the job and how to and how to, handle function. Your, how to function with the job, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a missing tool that we don't teach in these conservatories in these schools. It's like 
what do you do when you have the job? How to be okay? How, how to, to be like, human? Because doing eight shows a week, your mind will get messed up. That's okay? right. <laughs> Take <laughs> care sure of can. yourself. Yeah. Like it's, it's uh, mental health. That's yeah. true. I like get on myself all the time now because I'm also still not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have someone like Adam because he calls me out when I'm not being my best self or when yeah. I'm not taking care of myself. Um, but yeah, mental health is like at the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. What you got to do to take care of yourself because yeah. no one's looking out for you but you. I yes, mm. totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm so curious. Um, and, and then we're going to go to our next segment, but I want to know, how are your families like are they when did you tell them about each uh tell your folks about each other and are they excited and like what was that process um (laughs) because you're from the south like me right i my family sometimes i think they love adam more than they love me (laughs) the way they talk about him they think he is the best he also treats them like queens and kings right like they come to new york and he's doing so much for them and like he's going and getting things and he's so good to them they love him so much um that i think they see the positive things he adds to my life how he's made me better and more focused or more um calm and not as uh crazy as far as like work is concerned (laughs) like he makes me take care of myself and they like that um but yeah they love him and i think that i definitely had my own um I was so nervous introducing them to him because it was the most, you know, it was very, we were very serious and we were thinking about getting engaged and I didn't know like what that would be like, right? (laughs) Like you go to the worst case scenario, but they love him more than me. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's not true. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Bradley's family is, uh, like he talks to his family so much, mm-hmm. um, they're so tight knit, and um, I would say you're like your immediate family. We both have kind of, kind of big families, but like our immediate families are kind of different in that way. Mine's more reserved. I come from a very uh, religious background, and within even my immediate family, there's different levels of of welcome with with our relationship, um, and. You know, we've had chances to, within our relationship, um, create progress with that. And I think through my entire journey um, coming out um, and the different relationships that I've had and um, been able to, again, like I say, um, have everything to share and nothing to prove and holding true to that, um, to see like the testimony of, of change and progress within my family, um, where there's boundaries set, but then with experiences and, and different moments, um, I'm sometimes brought to, to tears with how so much healing can just happen from presence and, um, someone just showing up, um, a little over a year ago, um, I had a major back surgery. And um, I think about not too long before that, my parents and Bradley met for the first time and we had dinner. Um, And of course, like I said, there's definitely boundaries up. But um, I think about them all being there at my hospital room and just taking care of me after and my mom and Bradley like going and running errands together and like laughing and having like little moments that you you simply cannot take away and regardless of where those boundaries are set in ideology and belief and 
dogma that there's um, a human intangible that um, is so healing that um, only gets better with time. Yeah. You, Adam, just the way you speak, I want you to produce every show I ever do. Yeah. You, you are just <laughs> such a such a beautiful approach to everything. And and since we're kind of in this zone, I think this kind of leads to our this, next segment, yeah. nice. which we call Spotlight on Love. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, oh yeah, Steven found. Sorry, kind of like, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind it of the good. same. So, Steven, you want to read out loud the question yeah. we got? So, we've kind of already touched upon this, but the question is: I'm meeting my partner's parents for the first time. I'm super nervous, and I need advice. So, what advice would you give to someone? Bradley. <laughs> um, we actually were just talking a little bit about this in couples therapy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, therapy is important. Yes. Therapy is um, amazing. I would say be yourself. There's no, um, you're not going to win anything or nothing's going to happen good from being somebody else or hiding who you are or trying to like bite your tongue. Be yourself. Let someone meet you and only good can come from that, even through moments of um, if it's uncomfortable or if something doesn't go so well or so easy. Being yourself is going to be a win and people have to take you as you are. Right. Um, and find love for you just as you. Um, yeah, I think a great um, piece of advice would be to hold fast to your partner and um, the love you have or an intention you have for that person. Um, so even in uncomfortable moments or awkward spaces that you can kind of um, get grounded or balance in, in an intention being like, no matter what, I'm here because I love my partner or because I want to make them feel good or I'm, I'm doing this so you can really um, invest and pour in to the thing that's not changing, you know, the dynamics might come and go or be amazing or mm -hmm. uncomfortable or guarded with a family member, but they aren't your partner. Like hold on and make sure that you always like take care of that space. Um, no matter where you are. So, yeah. Those are okay. really good. Answers. That's really good. That's a really good <laughs> I was going to say like what, what we did when we, our parents met is we all went on a cruise. Oh, so go on a cruise cute. because then there's like lots of booze for them and they can actually kiki. And there's and like, like planned <laughs> activities for them to oh, do. And wait, it's not that was like, so practical. You know, wait, it's nice. it was like I was plan. talking about like the internal, but <laughs> yes, an, a really great <laughs> thing so to do great. is no. like activity. And especially like, for, how do you create yeah. an environment where it's like, super easy for them to get along for them to talk mm -hmm. and also maybe walk away if they don't feel like exactly. that's really good yeah good. activity walk away, where it's huh? not just maybe like <laughs> a private dinner or something yeah you yeah. don't want to feel like you're stuck right that's we're yeah, stuck that's at this advice. table together we're stuck or, in or this what room. was it like when your parents met Okay. Yeah, because that was yeah, actually that was when our oh. parents met. Oh wow! Each other. Have yeah. they met? Have your parents? Yeah, have your parents? No, our parents families have met. Oh, okay. Because yeah, from the south, okay, and the go on a cruise. Yeah, that was what we did. It would like, <laughs> be funny. That would be good because my family, our families are very different. <laughs> oh my god! I think actually, I think it makes me like I just want to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be fun. It'd be funny. It'd yeah, be because funny. like they can sit by the pool or not, or go like downstairs and ooh, whatever, you know, like on a cruises. But I, it's interesting. I I remember meeting Stephen's parents for the first time. Where was it? We. I don't remember. But. They came to the city, and it's like you know, I feel like his mom. It's interesting, his mom, because she's she's very religious Catholic, and she was very reserved and I think a little nervous about meeting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was, and she's she's a hard cookie, like she's a tough tough woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the conversation was very limited. And I think what you said was on point in that, like I think it's important that you, if you make your partner happy, they're gonna be fine. Like it doesn't really matter what they think if your partner is happy and they see that and it's authentic and it's real, mm-hmm. they're going to see that and they're going to love you no matter what. And I can say the same thing like with, with you, even <laughs> to this day, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, you said like family dynamics change. Sometimes everything's good and sometimes everything's not. And, um, and you know, I always say, well, I'm just here for you. And that's like the most helpful because, there are things that happen that can be very hurtful in families and people don't, you know, are, don't always play nice. Yo, I used um, to tell him so stories. He would, he would tell me stories and he'd be all the like, time. No. I'm sure you're being dramatic. I'm sure it's not like that. And then things and would, then I and would then he'd see, see it. it and, and I'd he'd be, be like, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so like, yeah, that's how, you, that's how you learn to be, oh, I'm just here to support you. I love you. Like, I'm on your side. Like, you want to be on your partner's side. So, yeah. yes, totally get it. You're like I'm on your team. So I, I think, got you. Like, don't worry. I love you, even if this is totally crazy. Like, yeah. I'm here to make you feel. Yep. Yeah. So yes, yeah. put yeah. your oh, That's some good advice. That's good advice. We're taking this We're taking in. It. Yeah. <laughs> put your partner first. Partner it's first. Totally true. Oh my oh. god. This was so great. I just adore you guys. I'm yeah. so glad we we finally met. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on social media? What's your handles? Uh, my handle is Brad Gibson one three. And mine is Adam underscore Hindman. And we'll have links to all of that in our show notes. And uh, so make sure you check them out. Follow them. Lots of cool stuff coming in your lives. I can feel it. (laughs) And uh, wedding planning happening too, right? Yeah. Wedding planning is happening. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's Mm -hmm. stressful too. Stressful. Very stressful. But it'll be like the best day of your life. Yeah. I think about it and I like get like... And for all of you listening, don't forget to love who you love and love what you do. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.